0: to you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Amber Morat. She is the Vice President of People at IAB and IAB Tech Labs. She's also a certified self mastery and empowerment coach, a thought leader, a writer, a motivational speaker, and the founder of I Level Up Daily. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Brad.
0: It is my pleasure and my honor. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Great
0: day. Excellent. I am so excited to jump in. So let's do exactly that. So you are all of these things, all of these titles. How long have you been a certified self-mastery and empowerment coach, Amber? My
1: journey as a coach started through my HR career. I started coaching employees and then I went and into the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and was certified as a holistic well-being coach, which really fueled me to really go into coaching full time. And then after that, I became an IPEx certified coach and an energy mastery coach as well. So it's about, it's been about, I would say about 12, 13 years.
0: Oh, wow. So now I'm going to assume here, because this is typically or usually the way it works with most people who become coaches, is that they themselves have gone through struggles. And of course, we all go through struggles in our lives with particular issues. And they have done the work which then propels them or that is the catalyst for them to get into coaching in that particular field. So with that being said, I'm hoping you confirm my assumption here because you know what they say about people who assume things. Why did you decide to focus your energy and business on self-mastery and empowerment? And did this journey begin with some of your own personal struggles?
1: Absolutely. I think my journey began very early on. I was raised in not the most healthiest of environments. You know, my parents did the best with what they can, but I don't think that I'm an exception. I think that's the norm. A lot of us, you know, were raised in homes that had some type of toxic, dysfunctional level. Immigrant, I migrated to the United States from Dominican Republic when I was 10 years old. And, you know, when you're trying to to really honor your culture but still assimilate to a new culture and be successful, there's a lot of challenges that come up in terms of identity, in terms of who you are, and really the struggle between, you know, my parents' idea of who I should be and, and who I was really propelled me into a lot of self exploratory topics of myself at a very early age, around fourteen. But then when I was twenty two years old, I became a single mom. And I think that was the catalyst. That was the moment of of that propelled me into really that self-mastery work, because being raised in a Catholic home, you know, being a single mom was not accepted. I was expected to stay living with my parents. And I chose not to, I chose to, you know, get my own apartment and raise my daughter on my own, which led me to have to work multiple jobs just to sustain myself and, you know, broken relationships with my family because they didn't approve of what I was doing. But that gave me a lot of space. It gave me a lot of space to really figure things out. And it it brought me to spirituality and that's really where my journey of self growth self mastery and spiritual growth really started i think you know life has a divine plan i was 22 years old i was the only one in my circle who had a child my friends were all going out and partying as you should when you're 22 <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know i had graduated with my bachelor's i couldn't really work i went to school for journalism, I couldn't really work in my field because it didn't pay enough for me to support myself and my daughter. So what I did was I started working as a bartender and a server. I cleaned houses. I did multiple things. But besides all of that, I had so much free time and that free time I dedicated it to work with spiritual teachers like Wendy or Olsho, and really dug deep into buddhism and all types of religions really educated myself and practices i you know went to temples went to meditation retreats and i realized that you know a lot of what we were taught about our limitations and who we are was a lie and that propelled me to want to help other women who were struggling with the same issues that i was struggling because Becoming a single mom at 22, an immigrant, and a woman already, I had the whole world against me, right? The stereotype no is- kidding. You're That's not like
0: make things it. are stacked against you.
1: Yes. So I had to not only, I made a decision not only not to be a stereotype, but to break them. And through that journey, I put myself through a master program in Fordham university in New York City, and you know, sleepless nights. I would work at night, come home around one o'clock, take my daughter home. Put her back to bed. Wake up at 5 a.m. Drive her to school, and there in the morning I would study and do my master's program, and then do the same thing all over night. Jeez, and that was yeah, that was three years of that. And that's when you know that program was HR focused, but really adult center about mm-hmm. adult education. That program really just blew my mind of how adults think and who we are, and how society shapes our, and programs us to really be the person that we are, but that we have the power of discernment. We can choose and we can break free at any moment. And that's really when I decided, you know, I'm going to dedicate my entire career and life to really help women break out of the oppressive identities, the society structures, the gender norms that keep them stuck because for a long time, I felt that I wasn't good enough. For a long time, I felt that I would never be at a place where I was accepted because of everything that I just shared. And it made me a hyper-achiever. It made me someone who was constantly going for the next promotion. It made me very successful at hyper-achieving, but it also led me further and further and further away from my heart. So I think, you know, life has a way of, of bringing you back because during that incubation period of like 22 to 29, I was so spiritually focused. And then when my career started to take off, I became this really hyperachiever that was trying to prove, look at me, I'm worthy, I'm worthy. Look, I got promoted. Look, I got this. I got, I got this certificate. I got this degree. Yeah. I have like 20 of them. <laughs> and I, I never <laughs> felt good enough. Never did. And it got to a point where I, I was just so disconnected from my heart and who I was. And that's when I went back into spirituality and, and, and really connected. And I broke free by by doing the daily work. And that's where I, I love what daily comes from, is doing the daily work of your mastery work, your spiritual work, and really honing the vibration of your container, which is your container, your body and your mind. And owning the energy that you bring to every situation at every moment.
0: That is absolutely incredible, Amber. It speaks to who you are as a woman. The fact that you have come through all of that and are now on the other side of things. And that's not to say just because we're on the other side of things that there's not still work to do. But the fact that you had the resilience and the strength and the courage to stand up and push yourself through that and you went through all that and to also not really have the support of your family because they were against what you were doing. They wanted you to be at home. And so I think it's absolutely incredible and just speaks to how incredibly strong and resilient you are as a woman. So kudos to you for that. And being a role model for other women by sharing your story, I think it's amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's never easy. I always tell that to my clients and the women that, that that I support. When you're going through the journey, it's not easy. Life is about contrast, but the power of discernment, right? It's that little magical tool that we were born with and knowing when to choose what's in alignment for what you want. I think my biggest struggle was that I always had a vision, not because I saw it in the people around me but I think I was born with it. I think since I was very little, I was very imaginative and I had an idea for what I wanted to do with my life. And I just, you know, always went for what was in my mind rather than what people told me. So that fueled my resiliency and my grit to keep going. But yeah, today I'm living that life and it was all in my head and no one in my family has a life like I have. So for those who feel alone and those who feel like they're the black sheep, you know, I'm that person. No one understood me. You know, I've had beautiful moments with family members, particularly my brothers who, you know, came and apologized in tears for the struggles and how they treated me. But throughout everything, I think what kept me going was really that intuition, that knowing that, hey, just trust.
0: Trust, and allow. Yeah, mm-hmm. trust and allow. Yeah, I Trust and allow. So how have these experiences then helped shape the amber you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think?
1: Oh, in every aspect. I think professionally, early on in my career, I've experienced a lot of challenges, especially female leaders, right? You know, I, I don't think anyone who joins the corporate world who's really excited to make changes and I've always been very people focused and I have a high level of integrity so that caused a lot of challenges early on in my career you know I unfortunately you would think a lot of female leaders will be supportive of younger female leaders that was not my experience and it took me a long time to understand that I was just in the wrong room right I gave a lot of my time almost seven years at one point to one organization and I just couldn't make the changes or I couldn't progress as I wanted to, as I needed to in my journey for, you know, the evolution of my growth professionally. And it was constantly being blocked by the organization and by this leader I reported to. And I think it was a pivotal moment when after 7 years, you know, she pulled me into a room and said, "You're brilliant, you're way too smart for us. We're blocking your growth, we're <laughs> blocking your struggle." Yes, and you know, they gave me a package and let me go, and I never forget that moment because that was the moment that I heard loud and clear like, "Okay, you now do you get it?" <laughs> like, do you get it? You like this is all happening in alignment to your growth. And as that was happening, literally I'm walking out of that room and my phone rings and it was a recruiter for another role. And I've never heard of the company. (laughs) And literally I had a month to finish this role and I was going into a package and I already had another job. So that taught me many things. That taught me that, hey, when you're feeling resistance, whether in a relationship or in an environment or at a job, there's a time where you need to stop pushing And realize, hey, maybe I am in the wrong room. Even though I love this person, maybe this relationship is not the one for me. I think that level of detachment is important and that awareness allows you to move forward. It taught me that in what the external world would look at as a failure, right? Seven years and then you're just let go for being too yeah. smart. And I this is these were her <laughs> words. So, you know, for being too smart and talented and they don't want to block your growth because you're gonna be so successful somewhere else. In the midst of listening to all of that, I was filled with peace. I was filled with a knowing that it's all developing and evolving exactly as it should be. And I trust it. I didn't go into, you know, let me call this person, let me call X Y and C, let me create this drama. No, I went inwards. I went inwards and I remember that week so clearly because that week I meditated more than I ever had in my life and all of the answers were coming and as I said that happened on a Friday by the following Friday I already had signed my new offer letter for my new role. You know, I had an abundant eight-month package of severance and health insurance so it, it was a win-win in a manner that I could have never imagined right I could exactly. have never planned that if I wanted to and that really activated me to say okay I'm co-creating something and I've been co-creating blindly what would happen if I co-create consciously if I become yeah. an active co-creator and that was really where self-mastery came in.
0: That is incredible. You can't make this shit up. (laughs) Like, you just can't. (laughs) I love it. It's so beautiful.
1: (laughs) You really can. And I was also shown how I was also creating those experiences. And that's the key of self mastery, right? That you understand that as a co creator, you're responsible for every thought, every interaction, every word, right? Every piece of movement energetically that you make is creating that experience. So when someone, hurts you or something doesn't work out the way that you want it to. I was shown, hey, this is how you got here. And this is your part of the street. And this is their part of the street. And you were never held hostage, right? You chose to stay there. So that was mind blowing and really took me into understanding what it is to master yourself and really master your thoughts, your energy, your words, your actions, and create a life that's in alignment to what you really want and who you really are.
0: We are the architects of our own lives. I mean, we build the life we want. We choose to live the life we want to live. We are the only ones that can do that. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So get off your ass and start building or get off your ass and change the channel if you don't like the way things are going, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, 100%. And I think also, you know, we've been taught this hierarchy model of society, you know, you've got the physicians, you've got the teachers, you've got the leaders, you've got the organizations that are hierarchical as well. And we're taught to respect and look up and look up and I, and I realized that, hey, respect is given because we're all humans. Everybody deserves to be treated with kindness and integrity and, and love. But putting your future in someone's hands, thinking that they have the same intentions as you, that they think like you, is a big mistake. And it puts us into victim mode, right? Because Absolutely. we're giving away our power.
0: Yep.
1: We're giving away our power every single time that we don't really speak up for what we really want. We give away our power assuming that, hey, my boss has this, their my best interest in hand. Absolutely. When it's our responsibility to really articulate and advocate for ourselves. And if we're not getting what we really want, whether it is in relationships or career or in health, it's time to change. It's time to pivot.
0: Absolutely. That. Having the self-awareness for that radical self-responsibility is mm-hmm. key for sure. Yes. So I want to speak a little bit more about your coaching What is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would someone choose to work with you over someone else?
1: I think, and I'm going to speak from the feedback that I get from my client. I'm highly intuitive, highly intuitive. I've always been since I was a child. And I think in the past, you know, seven to eight years, just I've done a lot of work to connect and really flesh out that intuition in many ways. And I'm not afraid to use it. I'm not afraid to use it with my clients. And I'm not afraid to use it with my business. A lot of my clients will tell you, you know, I often say, well, I'm seeing you in this place and I'm seeing you this way. Is is this accurate? And they will say, yes. How do you know? And it's just kind of flashes that come to me when I'm connecting with your energy. And for a long time, I hit that because, you know, a fear that I wasn't accepted. I was raised in Catholic religion and all of the stigma that comes with intuition and witchiness and different things like that. But it's my superpower. It's never led me astray. It's really what sets me apart as a coach, as a leader. I no longer compartmentalize it, right? I use it with my clients and I use it in business. I use it for absolutely every situation that I'm in. And It's really about creating that quiet space in my daily life so that I can connect to that and I can be present with my clients and listen to the guidance that I'm getting.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. What, in your opinion, then, is the most important quality or skill set in a self-mastery and empowerment coach?
1: I think it's it's a component of three things. I think it's a commitment to doing the work we're never done right? Self-mastery is yeah. a lifelong journey. So yeah. I, you know, I will never say I've mastered fully, I'm human, right? And we're always digging, peeling the layers of that onion and you have to keep peeling. I believe that every, I mean, literally every, I, I say like quarterly learnings, every quarter of every year, I'm mind blown by how much deeper of a layer I can attain by doing the daily work. And that self-awareness comes from that, right? If you're not doing the daily work as a self-mastery coach, then your self-awareness really is not going to be as strong as you need it to. And then the third piece is understanding that you know nothing, your clients know, they're wiser and smarter than they give themselves credit to, they're intuitive beings, they have everything that they need, all their answers are inside of them. My job is just to create a safe space, to hold the space where they can see it, where they can tap into it, where they can connect to the energetic piece of themselves and own it and embody it. I'm just just someone who shines a light on where you're blinded.
0: Again, that speaks to the self-awareness to know that our journey through life as humans, we're never done the work. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. We have to continually work on ourselves. We never arrive source. Okay, I'm done. I'm perfect. I don't need to do any more work. We always need to continue putting in that work.
1: Oh my God. Yes, 100%. And I think that as a coach, I always, and as a leader, I love to, and as a parent and as a wife, I love to lead by example because our actions carry such an energetic influence that people. Because we don't, you know, our first language is energy. So people always will remember how they felt in your space. Besides what you you said. And for me, every year I'm part of coaching containers. This year I'm part of a coaching spiritual container with two master coaches that I love. I'm also part of the Golden Alchemy Academy where I'm learning more about energy and how to alchemize it. Learning as a coach never stops. Learning new modalities to help your clients. And what I found is not only... The more that I learn as I go through this process and I unlock and I learn how to shift and heal myself, these tools are also beneficial for my clients and I'm able to articulate in a way where it's relatable for them. So leading with what you're asking a client to do, but doing it yourself is really important. And I cannot ask a client to pay for a container if I won't pay for a container to keep learning, right? (laughs) That's not in alignment with what I'm teaching them because I always say to my client, My goal of this container is after you leave me, you're going to be able to do this alone. I'm not a crutch. I'm your coach. But the goal is for you to be independent after this program to be able to master these skills on your own.
0: That's right. And then
1: later on, you're going to be attracted to another coach. I encourage you to keep going.
0: Yeah, you're giving them the tools and showing them how to use them. But the work is up to them to put in to do the work and to continue moving forward and continue on their self-mastery journey. Now, you have been recognized and named by your peers as one of the top 30 life coaches to look out for in 2021. What do accolades like that mean to you?
1: Well, they used to mean a lot more Mm -hmm. when I was in a hyperachiever. I think now they just mean you're in the right path. Keep going. Is
0: that recognition by your peers very important to you? Or is it just like a, a nice to have, that's great to be, to get that tip of the hat or that acknowledgement, but it doesn't really carry that much weight with you?
1: It doesn't carry that much weight. Yeah. You know what carries more weight than that? My clients' feedback.
0: Right. Now, you are the founder of I Level Up Daily. Can you share a little bit? I know you briefly mentioned it earlier. Can you share a little bit about it, what it's all about, when you started it? What was the inspiration behind starting it?
1: Yeah, I think I Level Up Daily was inspired by the daily struggles that I've seen myself go through as a woman, as a mother, as a as a sister, as a professional, but also the women around me. And the daily practices that I had been doing had led me to create such a momentum and shifts in my life that I felt called that I need to share this. So I Level Up Daily is a container where you shift your mindset and you're able to embody new ways of being that are more in alignment with who you are. And I like to say it's it's your permission set to stop playing charades, right? I think life, <laughs> a, <laughs> a lot of us are playing this charade of life, right? You know, we got to go to this wedding and we got to go here and we're saying yes to all these things. And, you know, our society has said, if you're busy, then that's good and yes. you know, rest with Right. Yeah. Uh, hustle, right hustle, hustle, ran- hustle, hustle, that yes, hustle, hustle, hustle culture.
0: I, you know, Amber, sorry to cut you off, but I, just yeah. I cannot stand that word hustle. I, it drives yeah. me up a wall because to me, it sounds like that's a word that people use to make themselves sound busy yes. to make them yes. appear like they're doing all the things. I just, I cannot stand it
1: me neither and that's really where i love how daily it was born from from that that you know you have a culture of hustling and burnout <laughs> and then you, you hustle you burn out you attain yeah. and it's never good enough and you keep going right well
0: you live that you went through exactly that that's yeah. exactly what mm-hmm. your life was all these Correct. achievements doing the things okay i've checked this off the list i've checked this off the list and this speaks to something that i've been talking a lot about over the past year is taking the time to slow down and celebrate our wins not mm-hmm just going through the list like a robot, check them off, check them off, check them off, and then we're on to the next thing. We need to do that. As human beings, we need to take the time and to slow down and, as they say, smell the roses and celebrate our wins, no matter how small they are. It's a win. Celebrate it. And we don't do that. We're so busy looking busy and doing the busy work and not doing the self-work or the important work.
1: Exactly. And that's really the essence of I level up. That's the pur- purpose is the daily small little breaks. You know, Tesla and a lot of famous scientists are were known for taking this, what history will call power naps, but they weren't power naps. They were actually meditating and connecting to their imagination. And Tesla said, I never put pen to paper to any of my designs until it was fully fleshed out in my mind. And that just, it's mind blowing. Right? Because I mean yep, he's one of our, you know, pioneers of science and evolution. And he never put pen to paper or created a design in our physical reality until he had worked out all the kinks in his mind. And his power naps was where he actually accomplished that. So that to me is Listen, if you're taking 20 minutes in the morning or 30 minutes in the morning, whether it is to meditate, to move your body, to go spend some time in nature, these things that our society have said are not important. That is what's going to fill your cup. If you're taking a 30 minute, 45 minute break in the afternoon, whether that is to, you know, take a bath because it makes you feel good, you know, massage your hands with some essential oils, whatever brings you joy, read a book, which I'm a big fan of like. 30 minute break during the day, just to read something inspirational. You know, it shifts your mindset. It changes the energy completely. And that is where, you know, people think that accomplishments are like, boom, I did it. It's overnight. Self-mastery is a very small step journey. It's like tiny pebbles that you're moving along. Yeah. Right? And self awareness works that way as well. So That's the right. more that you show up for yourself every day, the more that you're sort of like dusting the stone. And then all of a sudden, you know, two, three weeks later, that still shifts and you're like, That's the aha moment, right? You're like, oh my God, I never saw it like that before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. I love it. That's absolutely true. 100%. Now, you mentioned permission slip, and I love this, what you say here is that put here on this earth to be the permission slip into your truth and a reminder that you can break free and carve your own path, regardless of what others say. So speaking to the societal, parental condition, all of that conditioning that you should be. Why have you decided to make this part of your personal mission? Why is this so personally important to
1: you? It's who I am. I don't know any other way to be. It's I think the accumulation of my experiences, my life skill have brought me to this point that I spent so many years trying to fit in and trying to be someone I wasn't. And I know the pain that that cost me. And I know the time that was wasted. And I don't think that that should be anyone else's journey, especially women. I have three daughters. So, you know, the future generation of women is also really important to me. And I believe that it's all of our responsibility to make the world a better place, to create those shifts and transformation wherever we can. And the sad part is that, you know, our school system is not designed to teach individuals, how to commune with themselves, how to be in relationships with themselves. How do you speak to yourself? How do you treat yourself on a daily basis? These are not our daily curriculum points that are covered. Whether oh, or not Amber, to don't,
0: don't even get me started on the education system and how broken it is. <laughs> it <laughs> is. We, we could, I know we could do a whole episode on that for sure.
1: Correct. And because we're all a product of that system and we still have, you know, the future generations going through that system. My purpose in this life is to be a permission slip to touch as many people <laughs> and to so that they see there's another way of being. I don't have uh, to follow the herd. And that's where we are able to foster and nurture and water the seeds of innovators and the authentic beings that need to come through.
0: I love that. And I love that you mentioned the fact that speaking to ourselves, how we speak to ourselves, being aware of how we talk to ourselves. and Because honestly... The relationship we have with ourselves is the longest standing relationship and the most important relationship we will ever have in our entire lives. And we need to, as adults and parents, teach our kids that, instill that value into them so that if we start doing that when our children are at a very young age and we continually put that into them and instill that and enforce that in them and emphasize that for them, they will just grow up knowing it and it will just become second nature. Because if you tell someone something enough, they're going to start to believe it. And that can also work in a negative way too. But I think that we need to start enforcing and emphasizing this particular bit of wisdom about the relationship with self in our children from a very young age because think of what we will create children that we will raise the adults that these kids will become if we start doing that
1: i couldn't agree more i mean the fact is that we live in a binary society that has by default curated what they call acceptable and beautiful right and celebrate what they have identified as good yeah and then at the same time Because of contrast on the other side of the coin, you have what they consider not good, not beautiful, not, you know, not worthy or not good enough. And this is deeply rooted, right? This comes from years and years and years of systematic oppression and programming. But when you live in a society that's this way, our children enter school and automatically, it doesn't matter how much work you've done from one to five to Tell them, you know, they're great, you're powerful, you're needed, you're loved, right? Which are all things I tell my children. But I have three daughters and every single time they enter the school system. And -and so-and-so doesn't want to play with me. So-and-so doesn't like me. So-and-so said I'm not cool. So-and-so, so-and-so. So So is that really starting in the school or is that really starting at home? It starts at home.
0: Yes, for sure it does. I agree with you 100%. Everything starts at home. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where they learn. That's how we build up our children, build up their confidence, build up their self-love. It all starts within because then they just, again, they just grow up not knowing any different and they're that strong within. And that's not to say that things aren't going to bother the children Exactly. By by people saying these things, like you just mentioned, people saying the things they say to your daughters, of course, we're human beings, things hurt, words hurt, absolutely. But if we give them the tools from a very young age, it will help them cope. It will provide that coping mechanism for them to not be as affected by these things.
1: Exactly. And that was the point. It starts at home, but the school system is not equipped to really mitigate and teach them right
0: right right Everyone, and that needs every- to change too
1: though exactly so it's a two-prone approach and the changes needed both in the individual in the home and in the school system but the relationships that we have with ourselves we're in communion with everything right we're yeah. in communion with nature we're in communion relationship what am i relating to in every moment we're always yeah. relating to something right absolutely we're never taught that we're never nope. taught that we're always relating to something in every moment We're always communing. And what are you relating to on the daily since you were born? is yourself.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: We were never taught that that relation, that relating within yourself is the same nurture, the same nurturing love and kindness that you will give a child is how you're meant to speak to yourself, that you're worthy, that you have the capability to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I'm proud of you. You did a great job today, and which is something I do every day when I wake up at forty-three years old, and every day before I go to sleep. It's part of my my skin routine practice. I look at myself in the mirror. I say, "Good morning, Amber. I love you. I'm excited for what you're going to do today. Have a great day. I'm proud of you."
0: I love that. That is so beautiful, Amber. Thank you for sharing that.
1: It's of important.
0: It's, it's so it's important. It's
1: very important, and it's it's really not only and that. Practice has had three huge benefits for me. One, it's brought so much empathy and compassion for who I am. So much empathy. I'm no longer the weight on the scale. I'm no longer, you know, the bad hair day. I'm no longer my physical being, right? So all of the societal beauty norms have gone out the window with that practice, which is liberating because I'm me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, if I go away and I put on five pounds because I was enjoying myself, those are five pounds of joy. versus (laughs)
0: versus <laughs> yes. right? they're not
1: five pounds <laughs> of because I'm fat or I don't have any self-control, which is the way that most people talk to themselves. Yes. I used to for years, right? I used to yep. punish myself, punish myself with my words and my action and think, oh, you're not lovable. You did this. No one's going to want you with five extra pounds, right? This is the reality of of the inner conversations that are going on inside of us. And then the third thing is that compassion and that love has Expand it to other people.
0: Yes, the ripple effect.
1: It's the ripple effect. So, Because I'm able to cultivate kindness and compassion and love for myself, it's made me so much more present and patient and kind and loving and compassionate towards others. Beautiful. And well, then the the third benefit is that it's raised my vibrational frequency because words carry power.
0: 100% they do. That's something that we don't realize too, how much power words hold. It's incredible. Yes. It's absolutely incredible. Amber, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going, pushing, and excelling at all that you do?
1: One would be my, as I said, I have three daughters, so that's really important for me, the future generation, and, and really creating a space where women can thrive in the future. And I think two is my own personal spiritual journey, because I think the more I learn, the less I know. And I'm curious by nature, but life is magical. And I think the deeper I go into this journey, the more magic I discover. And that keeps me going.
0: Amber, with you being an empowerment coach and such an advocate for women's empowerment, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and
1: evolve? I think the industry has gone towards a, a toxic marketing approach. To really, women are the number one entrepreneurs, right? If you look at the data, women yeah. are starting businesses more than men. Women are thriving in the digital economy. But what you're seeing in the eco-digital space of advertising and marketing are other coaches and leaders marketing, you know, 6,000 figures in three weeks, 4,000 figures in this and really misleading women to spend money in products that actually may have some type of result, but not what they're advertising and not overnight, right? I think that entrepreneurship is so much more about who you are as a person and your container, and you're going to be able to build a business if you're aligned to that. Your ability to make money as an entrepreneur is going to be very different than my ability. What works for me may not work for you. So I would say I'm a little turned off by the one size fits all method that you're seeing marketed. The misleading marketing approaches that are, you know, not really truly reflective of the entrepreneur's journey, the push to quit your day job and start a business, you know, you're going to be successful within a year. I can tell you it's not. I started this business over seven years ago and I've always had my day job. Yeah. And does it get tight with, you know, demands and have I had to, you know, really maneuver how I operate and how I work my days? Yes, of course. But would I have been able to just say seven years ago, here I go, I'm going to start my business and probably, but I wouldn't have been getting the same evolution and experiences that I'm getting from my day job, my day business, right? With IAB right. and IB Tech Lab, it's all connected. And I, yeah. that's allowed me to be much more of a powerful entrepreneur and a powerful business owner than just saying, okay, I'm going to quit everything and focus all my energy on this business. I guess what I'm trying to say is there are many ways to do it. And the industry's leading to do it this way, sign up for this and quit your day job. And I'm not a fan of that. I think that working with my clients, like I said, everyone has the answers inside of them. And when you market that, quit your day job and start your business, you're actually feeding into fear. Most people are not starting a business because they're afraid. And if I'm telling you to quit your day job, that's feeding your family, right? That's sustaining your life right now, right? To start your business. I'm just giving you more fear, more fear that's going to paralyze you from taking action.
0: For sure. So So I say start both. There you go. There you go. So are you seeing a shift then in terms seeing as you, you're on both sides of the fence because you still have your full-time day job and you've got your business. So, are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship and if so why do you think that is
1: Yeah definitely as I said before the digital you know entrepreneurship space is being filled with women and I see women making the shift every day into this space and you know going into opening their own businesses and taking courses and different things like that. Why do I think that is? I think women are awakening. I think the feminine is rising. I think that we have a lot to offer. And for a long time, we believed that we weren't valued or, you know, we didn't have the the platform to be heard. And a lot of our skill sets were seen as nice to have, right? The feminine Mm -hmm. is joy and pleasure and creation, right? Yeah. The masculine is strategy, logic goals and doing when you're taking the feminine creation right someone i i'll give one of my very good friends my whole life she's made the best banana bread the best banana bread and two years ago during the pandemic she just went out started a business and her banana bread business is doing great <laughs>
0: her business is just banana bread
1: banana bread
0: wow that's incredible
1: that's, it is but we are very gifted as women. We do things every day that are amazing. And because it's just expected because you're a woman or you bake, you're expected to be a good baker or you cook, right. you're expected to be good, right? Women are realizing, wait, no, this is actually something I can market. This is something I can utilize to make a living. This is something I can utilize to create an income and change someone's life and help the world. And that is the shift that you're, why you're seeing so many women enter the space.
0: I love it. So what advice then do you have for women looking to either grow their own business or within their company they work for? You're a perfect candidate to answer this question, because again, you play on both sides of the fence. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: I think for women, I'm going to say it again, I think for women is giving themselves permission to be everything that they are.
0: For both, for growing within a business or a company.
1: Yes it's giving yourself permission to being everything that you are and permission to have everything that you want and a lot of women i know have blocked themselves from going after what they want because of the kids or or the husband or the partner or the home and this and it's not the right time and it's not the season and i have to wait for the kids to leave the house and i have to wait for my husband to retire i have to do this or i have to do that that future time never comes for those women right? So you have to do what you can with what you have now. And most women get paralyzed with, but how am I going to hold everything? Uh How am I going to hold a full-time job and a business and the house and the kids and the partners? And I can tell you, you expand. I've expanded. The woman who started, I level up daily. And the woman I am today, two different women, the expansion that has happened to how I operate, how I run my day, how I show up as a mother, as a wife, has expanded, has shifted. My marriage has shifted to be able to accommodate everything that I'm holding. So the women that are afraid and don't do it are really not seeing beyond, hey, this is not an isolated journey. All of the players in your containers are going to have to shift when you shift, when you expand, but it's for the best of all.
0: I love that. Now. With you again being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself? You, I mean, you do a lot of empowering of other women. What do you do to empower yourself?
1: I think for me, again, non negotiables, my daily practices are rooted in inspiration and empowerment. I make sure that, you know, one of my favorite daily practices when I wake up before I get out of bed is just a 15 minute guided meditation. And before I go to sleep at night, I do a 15 minute guided hypnosis, or sometimes I, I fall asleep with that hypnosis. Those two set the tone and inspire me. Reading inspirational pieces, being around inspiring women. I seek other leaders. I, I'm not afraid to reach out to you and get in your space and, and connect and have coffee. I think that that's another aspect that women really need to work at, you know, society has positioned us against each other as well. Like, oh, look, yeah. you're prettier than me. You're this, right? So it's breaking those barriers and saying, no, success leaves clues. And if I look at a woman and I'm like, oh, wow, she's awesome. How does she do that? Instead of tapping into you know, the energy of envy or, or jealousy, which is like, oh, I can't do that because there's not enough, or I can't do that because she did it. I want to know how. Yeah. I want to know how. I want to get into her space. I want to pick her brain because she is what I call an expander. She's expanding my awareness of my possibilities.
0: <laughs> I love that. An expander. Beautiful term. Amazing. Yeah. Speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you?
1: Empowerment is a very personal word to me because, again, no one can empower you but yourself. Right. So it goes back to commitment to my relationships that empower me. One is my spiritual relationship. Two is my relationship with myself. And that is what empowerment means to me It's committing yourself to showing up daily to what makes you feel not only empowered, but what fuels you forward.
0: Beautiful. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after you learned it?
1: I just wrote about this last night. I had a period about four months where I started to get these flashbacks of all my relationships, every single one, right? None of them were excused. And it showed me everything. But from like a hundred thousand K global view, it showed me my actions, the other person's actions, their mindset, my mindset, and how it plays out like a movie. And I saw how I was contributing to the imbalances in the relationships that were not balanced, right? And I saw that the other person was not evil or or had bad intentions. I saw that it was also, you know, if I created a space where you can get away with something, you're going to do it, right? If I'm not setting a boundary, if I'm not using my voice, then that becomes normal and that becomes a behavior for the other person. So that was changing four months that led me to like recalibrating every single relationship. Not all of them survived. Some of them, you know, were just so imbalanced that the cycle had ran out. I had to transition out of those relationships. But for the most part, the recalibration was the biggest learning piece because it was like, oh, most people are like, oh, this is not working out. Let me just get a new partner, right? No, yeah. you can lovingly state a boundary. You can lovingly say, I am no longer accepting these type of behaviors and this is why, and this is what I need. And can you give me that? And if you You're can, right. you can love and lead part ways, right? And that was liberating for me because now every type of engagement that I have in my relationships, I'm super, super hyper aware and conscious of the actions, the words that I'm using and my intentions when I'm creating that space and the ripple result that it will have on the other being, whether that's with my children, with my husband at work, when I'm speaking to an employee or coaching a client, nothing that we do, nothing, not what we think, not what we feel, not what when we act, nothing that we do is independent of a consequence.
0: Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Amber, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: Curiosity. I think being curious and being open to changing and, and being flexible, which I think was a theme since I was born, is my superpower. Just not being afraid to be curious about going deeper and learning and changing and pivoting and listening, right? When it's time yeah. to pivot, you go. When it's time to pivot, you go. And most people are really attached to the way things are, where for me, I'm really driven by the way things could be.
0: Now, speaking of success, what does that word mean to you? How do you define success?
1: Oh, for me, success is peace, joy, and being of service.
0: Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions should just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay? Okay. What was your dream job as a child?
1: Journalist. I wanted to travel the world and share stories of the underprivileged.
0: How would you describe yourself in one word? Dynamic. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: Service of women.
0: What never fails to make you laugh? A good joke. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love yourself. What is your favorite self-care practice? Dancing. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career?
1: The ability to want to, say again, that curiosity, that ability to take feedback, that ability to be curious as to why and to to go deeper within. What
0: challenge in your life would you say has shaped you the most?
1: Becoming a single mom at 22 years old. Made me who I am today, for sure.
0: That's a huge one. That's for damn sure. Because you had to deal with not only becoming a mom at such a, but not having much of a support system because your family didn't support the way you wanted to do things.
1: Correct. So in a Catholic family, if you become a single mom, you're expected to stay at home and usually your parents would raise the child and then you right. know, you're just expected to then you know get married again and find <laughs> someone else. <laughs> and that's not what I, <laughs> what I did at all. So my actions went against what they believed and what they thought was right.
0: What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life?
1: I think that everyone needs to understand that when it comes into careers, you have to view yourself as a product and understand what you're offering and where your value is in the marketplace. I know from doing this for many years, whether it is in a corporation. I've spoken to many employees who come up and say, hey, you know, I want this and I want that. And, you know, I want this salary. I want this without truly understanding, hey, how have you developed yourself? Do you know where you're going? What have you added? What features have you added to your self-mastery piece in your career that are aligned to the next step, right? Unfortunately, in the corporate world, each next level is tied to a salary range, right? So not understanding that piece and saying, oh, I've been here for 10 years. I deserve that. That's how that corporate world works. And the best way for you to really be able to add value is to keep building yourself, not wait for a corporate company to build you, but you keep building yourself and always, always benchmark yourself against the market. I tell Every single employee, including mine, every quarter, update your resume. You forget. So then you're going to forget what you've worked on, update your resume, update your LinkedIn, and always look outside and say, hey, what is a professional like me in this industry making an X, Y, and Z? My next level is a director. What do I need? Where am I versus where I'm going, right? Who do I need to become? And that's key. And that goes outside of the corporate world. I think that work with you know understanding your future self, as a lot of coaches Well, it's very simple, right? From a personal level, is who do I want to be and what energy matches that? What thought matches that? What action matches that? Right? Which means that where I am today was created from an energetic vibration that got me here today. Where I want to be next is going to need another different type of frequency and energetic vibration and different thoughts and actions. So, I'm not going to do that when I'm there. I've got to do that here so I can become and enjoy that journey getting there.
0: Absolutely. Amber, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: Yeah, Angela, for sure. Why? She's been a huge mentor and teacher. I love her work. And I just think that you know, she was way ahead of her times and she was resilient. She had great. She was spiritual and logical and tremendous faith and understood, you know, the energies and how to speak to them. So I think one hour conversation with her would just be transforming and really helped me get this message across even further.
0: Powerful. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: You're loved, you're enough, and you need needed.
0: Simple, but very, very important. Love it. Lastly, Amber, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart?
1: Don't be fooled by the lights and big stages that you see of influence and impact. Your impact and influence starts where you are. Your stage is where you are right now. Your audience is who's in front of you at every moment. Your ability to make a change and leave the world a better place does not need a big stage. It happens in your daily actions and in your daily life.
0: Beautifully said, Amber. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful way to end the interview. Thank you so very much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to be able to sit down and speak with you and Share a bit about your story and your journey. You are a truly beautiful inspiration. Thank you for shining your bright, beautiful light out onto the world. And thank you for being a member of the Empowerography community and sharing your story. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Brad. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you as well.
0: Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Amber Murat. She is the vice president of people at IAB and IAB Tech Lab, also a certified self-mastery and empowerment coach, a thought leader, a writer, motivational speaker, and the founder of I Level Up Daily. Thank you so much, Amber. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
1: You too, Brad. Thank you.